Hello and welcome to The Witch's Well, a Darksome Moon podcast. This podcast is about Wicca, witchcraft, and the occult, and we discuss a variety of topics across the spectrum of paganism and pagan living. Join me today for Cakes and Wine, Working the Wheel of the Year. Today, we will discuss the energies and associations for each seasonal quarter and how this can develop into a magical life. Looking for a pagan group to study or work with? Check out our website at www.darksomemoon.com for group listings and resources. We are a nonprofit organization and offer free resources, listings, and education to the pagan community. Let's it be. In this Cakes and Wine episode, we will discuss working through the Wheel of the Year. The Wheel of the Year marks the seasons, but it also represents a chance to work within the energies of those seasons and to align our lives with the earth and with the magic around us. For those new to Wicca and Witchcraft, the Wheel of the Year includes the four seasons of winter, spring, summer, and fall. In paganism, the year is viewed as an eight-spoked wheel, with each spoke centering on a Sabbath. Sabbaths are celebrations of the seasonal changes and the energetic changes within the earth and within ourselves as we progress through spring, summer, fall, and winter. Sabbaths are tied to nature, to the energy of the universe, and to the rhythms of our own lives. Rather than celebrating the seasons only through the Sabbath as you come to them, working through the wheel of the year means sensing the shifts around you and moving from moment to moment to utilize the energy as it ebbs, flows, and peaks. The work of spring, for instance, renewal, awakening, new life, and unfurling or unfolding, is vastly different than the work of winter, drawing in, storing resources, soul-searching, and a focus on hearth and home. One of the usual concerns of any witch out there is how to move from living a mundane life to living a magical one. This starts with understanding the wheel of the year, and then taking action year after year to go from understanding it to living it. Before we delve further into the work of the seasons, let's review the eight Sabbaths in the wheel of the year. The first Sabbath of the agricultural year that we come to is February Eve, also known as Imbolc. Occurring on February 1st, Imbolc is considered the return of the light after the dark of winter, and it kicks off the season of spring. Imbolc sits in the fixed sign of Aquarius. Ostara, or the spring equinox. On or about March 21st, this is the pinnacle of spring, most closely associated with the growth of new life and the emergence of plants from the ground. The spring equinox occurs at the zero-degree point of cardinal Aries in the zodiac. Beltane. Beltane occurs on May 1st of each year, and it is the emergence of the flowers and indicates the maturation of spring, the season of the maiden. Beltane sits in the fixed earth sign of Taurus and represents the end of spring and the start of the summer season. Litha or the summer solstice. On or about June 21st, this marks the zenith of seasonal summer with the longest day of the year. A time of power and worldly focus, it sits at the zero-degree point of the cardinal sign of Cancer. Lamas or August Eve. Occurring on August 1st, this is the first of the harvest festivals, that of the grain. This festival is also known as the Feast of Bread. August Eve is considered a time of thankfulness for the harvest, and it sits in the fixed sign of Leo. Mabon, or the Autumn Equinox. On or about September 21st, The autumn equinox marks the end of summer and the beginning of fall. 
It is a time of harvesting of the fruits, and it sits at the zero degree point of the cardinal sign of Libra. Samhain. Officially occurring on November 1st, this is the last of the harvest festivals, that of the harvest of the animals. Typically associated with death, it marks a transition period from life to death, and it is one of the times in the year when the veil is thinnest. This is the start of what is considered the dark time of the year. Samhain sits in the fixed water sign of Scorpio and is mirrored by Beltane across the wheel of the year. Lastly, we have Yule, or the midwinter. On or about December 21st, this is the longest night of the year and typically includes a celebration of the rebirth of the sun. It sits at the zero degree point of the cardinal sign of Capricorn. This is just a basic overview, but for our purposes, it should give you a good idea of what the wheel of the year looks like and some significant astrological associations. Importantly, this is a cycle with no beginning and no end, so your worship and magical practice are ongoing efforts, part of living a magical life. Now that we know a bit more about the eight Sabbaths and the four seasons, let's focus again on what it means to work with the Wheel of the Year as a witch and a pagan. The work of the Wheel of the Year is to identify and move with the energies of that season and the energies of the land where you live. The traditional Wheel of the Year, pinned to British traditional Wicca and other European pagan practices, is inherently agricultural. Herein lies an essential aspect of working with the Wheel of the Year. Generally, if you are located in the Northern or Southern Hemisphere, and note, the dates I gave you for the Sabbaths are flipped for the Southern Hemisphere, you will likely be experiencing the four seasons with some variation. If you live closer to the equator or other more extreme climate locations on the Earth, you will not necessarily experience the seasons as intended in the traditional Wheel of the Year. So then, why celebrate or work with the Wheel of the Year in those locations? Does it still matter? There are three things to remember. First, even if you are not living in the areas with the seasonal changes, the Earth as a planet is experiencing seasonal shifts. You are still impacted by this energy at a global level. The second thing to remember is that the land you live in is essential to how you practice your craft. If you live in an area where one season is longer or shorter than another, take note of it. How does it impact your practice? How does it reflect through cycles in your life and patterns that you go through? The land you live in greatly impacts your day-to-day -day experience psychologically, culturally, and spiritually. Someone who works with awareness, a true witch, will know about these impacts and work within that energy. The energy may shift the Sabbath celebrations for you slightly, or, in the case of the Southern Hemisphere, may flip them entirely. It is more important to work with the energy of the land than to pin yourself to a season based on another land or country's seasonal changes. The third and last thing to remember is the Wheel of the Year, as popularized and practiced in the form of Wicca, was initially pinned to the European region and religious practices of the people and land in which it was born. Gods and goddesses, correspondences, and other factors are also tied to that area. If you worship these gods and goddesses or follow a specific tradition originating from those lands, you are practicing the Wheel of the Year and you are honoring those specific gods and goddesses. This is part of the why of practice. Why do we do certain things? What energy lies at the base of our actions, and what magical effect does that have? Use your knowledge of the wheel of the year, your sense of the energy at the time of the year, and your intuition to guide you in these practices.
Taking a look at the Sabbat through the seasons, we should discuss them from an agricultural and energetic standpoint. This is important to understand, especially if you want to utilize the wheel's energy to manifest a long-term goal or to work more organically in the seasons. Starting with spring, we have the Imbolc, Ostara, and Beltane Sabbaths. At Imbolc, the sun is beginning to strengthen, but we are still in an energetic state of winter and darkness. The energy at this time is still buried in the ground. It's slowly emerging, and at times it can feel like summer is still so far off. Once we get to Beltane, though, we physically start to see significant shifts in the energy of the land and of the people. Agriculturally, at Imbolc and in February, the ground is still fallow. There is not much we can do, although we can start to prepare the land for the planting we will be doing in the coming months. This may look like planning out our gardens, determining what type of plants we will be growing, and procuring seeds and other preparatory items to ensure that we have what we need when spring arrives. Around the spring equinox, the early crop work can begin by planting certain plants indoors to be put out of doors by Beltane. Many vegetable plants, such as Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, squash, and perennial herbs can begin to grow indoors. Out of doors, we see the early emergence of bulb plants, like daffodils and tulips, that mark the start of spring for many. When Beltane finally rolls around at the beginning of May, cool season crops, many of which have been sprouting indoors, can start to be planted at this time. Our preparatory work around Imbolc and Spring has resulted in plants that are now ready to be put into the earth and to be nurtured by it. Magically, we can work with what we want to manifest, either end-to-end -end through the season we are currently in to manifest something with that specific energy, or we can work on long-term goals we establish at the beginning of the year. Looked at through this lens, the Sabbath of Imbolc in February marks a time of preparation, Ostara or spring marks a time of growth, and Beltane marks a time of germination. Beltane represents the firm transition from spring to summer. The Sabbaths of transition, peak, and culmination of summer are, respectively, Beltane, Litha, or the summer solstice, and Lamas. During the summer solstice, we nurture what we planted, while Lamas sees us reaping some of the early gifts of our efforts. Summer is a time when the land is doing a lot of work for us, and we can be more carefree and enjoy life as it comes to us. Lamas, the last Sabbath of summer and the first of fall, still carries the last great burst of summer energy and brings in the first harvest from our labors. Lamas is also known as the bread festival and is marked agriculturally with the harvest of the grain. The work of this time is nurturing, cultivating, and ripening, and so too, magically, we should align ourselves with that work. This will mean investing time and effort into the growth of our goals. This could entail educating yourself about something, investing time or money into your goal, or doing ongoing devotional work or betterment work to attain your goal. Next, we come to the remaining harvest festivals, which live solidly in fall. Mabon, or the autumn equinox, and Samhain, which has been popularized as Halloween and All Hallows' Eve, although it typically occurs on or after November 1st in the calendar year. The autumn equinox is associated with the harvest of fruits, one good example being the apple crop and the harvest in general. This is a time of year when we start to see cool weather and people enjoying what the farm has to offer, as well as working their last bits of major activity for the year. Samhain, unsurprisingly, is agriculturally associated with the harvest of the animals and therefore has associated themes of sacrifice and death. Magic and energy works at this time of the year are focused on the harvest and, after the harvest, an acceptance of the natural end to things and a pulling in and reserving of resources. You are preparing for the winter, agriculturally and metaphysically, at this time, even if you have not yet bought that winter coat.
the last sabbath sitting in december and winter is yule at this time we have done our work magically and mundanely agriculturally or in our personal lives known as the dark time of the year between Samhain and imbolc this is the time of rest and reflection ultimately leading to rebirth the three sabbaths that energetically correlate with the start peak and end of winter are Samhain, yule and imbolc and thus this is the duration of the dark time of the year at this time our natural inclination should be to retreat inwards and allow a fallow time within ourselves so that when imbolc rolls around the following year we have done the soul-searching necessary to know what we want to prepare and plant for the next year. The last thing we will touch on in this episode is how working with the wheel of the year leads to living a magical life. What do we mean by that? What experiences occur because of living in the flow of these energies? And what are some things you can do to align yourself with this process? Working in the wheel of the year can be a challenge. It hasn't always come naturally to me because I am one of those people who is always going, going, gone. I've historically had a hard time, for instance, taking it easy and taking time for myself. If I'm not helping my mother in the garden, I'm off to babysit or write another podcast or ritual or to develop new courses or artistic ideas. There are endless projects to complete and things to learn. For me, working with the wheel of the year allows me to bring a focus back to the self. It gives me the nod that yes, it is fall now, it is time for winding down, time to put away the projects maybe and focus more on what I need, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And then okay, now it's winter, time to curl up with a good book, be reflective, divine, or meditate. You know, there is a power in the quiet of winter as much as in the doing active time of summer. Working with the wheel of the year can teach you this not just as a mental knowing, but as a living practice. Working with the flow of energy and living a magical life is all about awareness, sensing the energies around you, and having one foot in this world and one foot in the other world. The rhythms of the seasons are the rhythms of life. This world and the other world mirror each other, intersect, and are influenced by one another. To get a good foothold on magic and mystery, start with the wheel of the year. As you practice moving with the energy, year after year, as it ebbs and flows, the rhythms of your own life will naturally start to mirror the wheel of the year. Magic will spring forth because it is more accessible, you'll understand it intrinsically, and you will be able to work in harmony with it. Start by working in the mundane. You can tap into the agricultural nature of magic by working with plants, the earth, a garden, or with animals. You can do this at home if you have the space to do so, or you can volunteer at a local farm or park or CSA, anywhere that will allow you to work with the earth. You could also start a weekly walk through a forest or your neighborhood and observe the changes week to week, month to month, in the land, in the people, and in the animals around you. Access to this knowledge is not far from you at any time. Start your work in the physical. This will allow you to notice, at the most obvious level, the changes around you. If you wish to experience the energy of the season, spend time outside or with others at pinnacle points in the year. For example, attend a flower festival in the spring or a harvest festival in the fall. Watch the people in your life. How do they naturally react to the seasons around them? When do they clean out the house when spring arrives? When do they start walking around the neighborhood again when the winter retreats? Where are people in the summer when the office is empty? The energies move through all of us unconsciously. They are permanent and immutable. As a witch, as someone who works magic and lives a magical life, 
this should be a conscious, not an unconscious process. Only when you can see the changes and feel them can you harness the energies of the season. Once you can harness the energies, you can draw them up and use them at will. That is when the magic starts to unfold in your life, and the mundane can become the magical. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have enjoyed the first episode of the Darks and Moon podcast. You can find us at www.darksandmoon.com, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and other locations where podcasts can be enjoyed.